Hey guys, and welcome back to my podcast. Today's topic is one that is really, really close to my heart and close to me in all facets of life, really. And I know it's something that a lot of you relate to. And that is living with anxiety. Um, I know a lot of you guys DM me on Instagram and Facebook talking about your own experiences with anxiety. And I'm really fortunate to work with some of you um, in your own lives as um, some of you guys are my clients. And I talk to a lot of you about anxiety. And obviously, I'm always really open to sharing my experiences with it as, you know, I've had anxiety longer than I can remember. But I thought, you know, why not take it to a podcast? Why not start recording and see where that goes? I actually spent probably a good two hours going, oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to record it? Because I didn't want to have anybody else on the podcast because I really wanted this to come from me. I really wanted this to be something that was really authentic and truthful in my experience with anxiety. And I really wanted to open the dialogue as a coach and as you know, as a doula and as just as a human being who experiences anxiety, because I think it's really important that we open these dialogues. And I think it's really important that we start talking about anxiety and we start talking about mental health because it affects more than we realize. And I think if we were more kind to ourselves in being open and honest about the things that we were feeling and experiencing, maybe we wouldn't feel so isolated and alone. So to any of my listeners out there who have anxiety, who experience anxiety, or who know somebody who has anxiety, um, I really hope you like this podcast, and I really hope that there's something in here that you know maybe benefits you, or maybe it will just make you feel less alone in your own experiences, own experiences with anxiety. As I said, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about recording this one because it's just me speaking and. It's going to be me talking about my own life and what I do when it comes to anxiety. So please forgive me if I stumble a bit, but I really want to get as honest and as truthful as we possibly can. So that means starting with me, right? You know, I can't expect all of you guys and all my listeners and all my Instagram followers and all of my clients to be completely truthful with me about their lives if I'm not doing the exact same thing. And I pride myself on being completely transparent with my clients and my followers. So I think this is just next level. This is just taking it to the podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. So obviously, you know, I've been saying that I really want to talk about um, my anxiety and what it is and what it's like for me. But I also really want to talk to you about the things I do to better manage my anxiety. And I also want you guys to know what I do in navigating through it when I am experiencing those peak moments of anxiety. And I thought it would be really good also for me to talk to you guys about why it's really important to stop feeling guilty about being an anxious person and having shame or embarrassment about it. I notice a lot when I um, speak to people about anxiety that they have this sense of guilt or this sense of shame, um, usually because society makes people with anxiety, you know, me included, feel like we're overreacting or we're being too dramatic or we're just nervous or we're stressing or we're stress heads and they generally tend to make us feel shit about being anxious and I really want this podcast to sort of give you a bit more confidence in removing that stigma because having anxiety doesn't make you a bad person having anxiety doesn't make you less than another person it just means we feel things 
on a really, really, really deep level. And that doesn't make us bad people. That doesn't make us bad partners. It doesn't make us bad business colleagues. It just is a part of us. So I really hope that through this podcast, you can sort of understand the points that I'm trying to make. And hopefully it makes you a bit more empowered with your anxiety, because I think it's really important that we accept all facets of ourselves and If you have anxiety, I think it's time instead of blocking that anxiety, instead of running away from it, I think it's time that we accept it as a positive part of who we are instead of a negative part. You know, I know my anxiety makes me, it makes me think a lot more and it makes me feel a lot more. Uh, It makes me really hyper aware of things and people's feelings. It makes me a really good coach. It makes me a really, really good friend. It makes me a really good partner. It makes me a really, really good sister and granddaughter it makes me really conscious of who I am as a person and how I interact with other people what I say and what I do I'm really courteous to other people so I started a few years ago looking at my anxiety as a positive yes obviously I know that when we're having anxiety attacks it's definitely not a positive going through my head I'm not sitting in a state of anxiety going oh it's okay that this means I'm a good person (laughs) that's not what I mean I mean on the bigger spectrum of things I look at my anxiety not as a bad quality in me. I stopped looking at my anxiety as a bad thing and I stopped hearing that negative voice that kept telling me having anxiety was bad and this was a bad part of me and I was crazy and stupid and stressed and silly and you're an overthinker. I stopped viewing those things as bad and I started seeing them as good things. And when I started doing that, It sort of shut out all that dialogue and all that just chatter from people who tend to feed the negative side of anxiety. And they keep saying things, you know, like, oh, you're just overthinking things or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure if you have anxiety, you can completely relate to what I'm saying, how you get fed all these lines about, you know, that you shouldn't have anxiety and you shouldn't overthink and you should just stop stressing or stop doing this or stop doing that. Once I sort of cut those comments and stopped stopped feeding into them, I realized that there was a positive side to all of those comments. And, and I will talk about that again later, but for now, I just really want to put that out there. And I want you to listen to this podcast feeling positive and empowered. Um, and, you know, some of the things that I do to help myself when I'm experiencing an anxiety attack or a panic attack may help you. That is awesome if they do, but some of them might not help you. I think one thing we can all agree on is that anxiety isn't a black and white state of being. It's not something that affects everybody in the exact same way. So what works for me may not work for you, but in, you know, in the same vein, what works for you may not work for me. But I thought it's really important that I share about what I do to help myself when I am having a moment of anxiety or going into an anxiety attack and then going into a panic attack. I thought it would be really important that I just um, talked about those things with you. But what I really do hope in this podcast is that we can just encourage a really kind and compassionate conversation and really open up the dialogue around anxiety and panic attacks. Because I think once we start to treat this area with kindness and warmth, I think we can start doing a lot more positive things in the area. Um, and like I said earlier, you know, mental health is something that we all really need to be focusing on. And 
if this opens up a dialogue for you and your friends or you and your partner, you and your colleagues, then I think that's a really good thing to start with. But um, before you know, I get into all that, I thought it's probably really important for me to explain to you how my anxiety started or when it started and you know all the physiological symptoms that I experienced with it. And I thought I'd also share a little bit of how those moments still affect me now. So um, I'm 31 now. I actually just had my birthday on the 15th of May, which is really exciting. Um, and what I will say about my anxiety is that it's always been there. I actually don't remember a day in my life without anxiety, so I wouldn't be able to tell you what it's like to not have it. I, um, I know that I've worked with clients who have started experiencing anxiety later in life. Um, but myself personally, I have always had anxiety there. It's never been gone. It's never left my life. So for me, that's something that I don't look back and go, oh, well, back then, you know, I was more clear thinking. I had more clear thoughts or I wasn't stressed as much or I wasn't as anxious. For me, I've always been there in that anxious playground. So um, for me, I have never not known what it's like to not have anxiety. I was a really, really nervous child growing up. I remember being scared of um, being left alone. I remember being scared of feeling like I was going to be abandoned, um, kidnapped. I had all of these thoughts of abandonment as a child. Um, my grandparents raised me and I grew up in a big family. But I always had this sense of this fight or flight in my childhood of no stability, like everything was going to change or be uprooted and something or something, you know, along those lines. And obviously I'm talking now with hindsight. I can't say exactly what I was feeling then because I'm not there anymore. I can only say in hindsight what I was feeling. But I remember always grabbing onto my nan's arm when she would leave the house to go grocery shopping. I hated being alone in my bedroom um, when I slept and I would need somebody to be there with me when I was going to sleep. As in, I would sort of need somebody to stay there until I fell asleep. I'd get myself so anxious as a kid that I'd make myself sick. And I found it really hard to make friends at primary school. Uh, I got bullied a lot, like a lot. It didn't help that my nan was a canteen lady when I was at primary school, which made everybody at primary school bag the shit out of me. Because kids are freaking mean. So I used to get really anxious about going to school the next day because I knew I was going to be teased and that led to me getting really anxious and throwing up most mornings before I went to school and um, it sort of just caused this big sort of I can't even explain it but it caused a really big area in my life where I was fearful of school because of getting teased and I was fearful of getting sick because I was anxious and it was just this big circle in my life and it was fucking terrible but so that made it hard for me to go to primary school and uh, my nan often would say that you know I was being ridiculous and I didn't need to get myself worked up and I was just I was being over dramatic and uh, anybody with anxiety I'm sure you're listening right now going yeah I heard I've heard those a few times but um and I, I, I know those things weren't said in malice and they weren't said with intention to hurt my feelings she was trying to take control of you know me being you know, what she saw as being, working myself up. But I really think those things didn't help me at the time. And I think it even forced my anxiety. It really ingrained my anxiety into me more. I found it hard, like I said, all throughout primary school. And then when it came into high school, I already had those things that I was scared of, you know, making friends and 
you know, being stressed and things like that. So I found it really hard to do reading in class when you had to get up and talk. Um, that made me really anxious. Now, when I say I felt really anxious, um, I mean that the physiological symptoms of that was, you know, sweaty palms, accelerated heartbeat. Um, I used to get really numb arms and legs and I'd get really foggy in the brain and I would feel like I was going to pass out. But even though my heart was accelerating, I felt as though my body was going to just collapse. And that happened all throughout high school. And one thing that all of this led to was me being really nervous and anxious about making new friends. And then when I was 16, my grandfather passed away. And then about eight months after that, my best friend at the time passed away. And that made me really anxious about losing people. So as I got older, you know, I started going through life. I started noticing the areas of life that I would get really anxious about. And that was uh, friends, um, people judging me, losing people that I loved or cared about. And sort of all the in-betweens in those categories. And as an anxious person, that's led me in areas of my life to overcompensate when it comes to friendships. It's led me to put myself last when it comes to people because I'm, I used to be too scared to rock the boat. It's led me to staying in relationships that I didn't want to because I was, you know, scared of being alone. It's led me to a lot of different things and look I'm obviously right now I'm in a great space and now I'm able to really reflect and talk about it but in hindsight I'm able to look at it and go you know my anxiety really called the shots in a lot of moments of my life um, so for me I know that my anxiety at times can flare up it can play up on me it can sort of catch me by surprise still and those sort of areas are um, with friends and if I have any friends listening to this right now um, this might be a bit of a might be a bit of a shock actually but some of you know this about me um, I get really worried that I've said something that's hurt someone's feelings or that somebody's angry with me and my anxiety makes me want to make sure everything's okay but my anxiety can also make me withdraw because it tells me oh they're angry with you they don't want to talk to you so then I go oh okay they don't so oh no better back off better back off but it's my, my anxiety talking and I also can have anxiety when it comes to believing in my work you know I'm um, you're not good enough as a coach you know you're not good enough at doing this you know your clients don't like you so my anxiety is always making me question and always making me need reassurance and one thing I know is that reassurance can only come from me. So when I'm in these spirals of anxiety, it could be this really, really epic battlefield of me questioning myself. And it's really, it's me fighting me. So that can be really, really hard. But it's really important that we can identify our own anxiety. And another thing is... Um, around a year ago, I was diagnosed with premenstrual dysphoria syndrome, and I don't know if many of you know about it. Feel free to um, look it up online. It's called it's PMD, 
Um, I say it's a fucking curse. It makes you ridiculously anxious in the lead up to your period. And for me, it starts two weeks prior to my period. So it means I get severe anxiety attacks and they can turn into full on panic attacks. Um, and they suck and they come out of nowhere. So uh, for example, I was sitting down at a cafe yesterday um, with my girlfriend, sorry, my fiance, talking about bacon and eggs, right? This is what I was talking about. I was talking about bacon and eggs and how they're just like my staple meal. And I love going out to cafes and looking at their new menus, but I always go back to the bacon and eggs. One of my best friends, Lisa and I always joke about this, that we always go back to the bacon and eggs. And I was having this conversation, laughing about it. And then all of a sudden my heart started racing. I had pins and needles all over my body and I felt like I was about to have a heart attack. So understanding my anxiety means I know what to do though. So I just said to Gwen, I'm just going to quickly run to the bathroom. She knew nothing, didn't have any idea what was happening. Um, But one thing, and this is really oversharing now, but my anxiety, when it comes on too far, it makes me feel like I want to shit myself. And that is literally what it makes me feel like. And there is actually a reason for that. So when we go into fight or flight mode, when we go into flight, which is anxiety, your body expels everything that it possibly can because it needs you to be lighter, because it needs you to run. So that's a little fun fact for you. So anyway, I went into the bathroom, obviously sat in the toilet and I focused on, you know, breathing properly for a few minutes and, you know, I waited for my heart to come down a bit. And, you know, once this happened, I'm able to, you know, stand up and, but the thing that I always need to remember is that when I stand up and continue my breathing, I need to make sure that I'm not dizzy because sometimes I stand up too quick and then it all starts all over again. So I um, then wash my hands with really cold water because when I have anxiety, it makes me fucking boiling. Like I roast, but it's funny because my hands don't feel hot to touch, but I feel hot. So I do that. And then I walk back out to the table as if, you know, if nothing's happened and, but obviously something has happened. You know, I've just had an anxiety attack. So I'm really honest with Gwen. And I just said to her, you know, I've just had an anxiety attack. I feel completely okay now, but if I look pale, that's why. And that's the thing that I really encourage if you do have anxiety is open up about it to the people around you. Because once we keep anxiety to ourselves, we sort of, it becomes, no, we become its prisoner. You know, so many people with anxiety are doing it alone and they're doing it alone because of fear, shame and embarrassment and guilt and I want you guys to know that it's okay to open up about your anxiety and you've got nothing to be scared of because we're all in this together. And I always say this, together we are stronger. Together we are more and together we'll change things. So open up to your friends and open up to your partner, open up to your colleagues. Anxiety isn't a bad thing, like I said. It's something that you don't need to be scared of or ashamed of. I'm not embarrassed that I have anxiety. I am not guilty. I don't feel shame about my anxiety, I'm more than happy to talk about it until the cows come home because it's something that I embrace within myself. So, and you know, that leads me into, you know, me managing my anxiety. So like I said, I have premenstrual dysphoria syndrome. So I know two weeks prior to my period, I'm going to turn into an anxious mess from time to time. So I'm really cautious with scheduling my client appointments. I'm really cautious of too much coffee. Um, One of my really good friends, Catherine, and I were talking about this the other day about 
how those two weeks in the lead up to my period that I really need to be mindful to stay away from coffee. And it was something that I was really resistant to because I love having coffee. Those who know me know that I love coffee, espresso martinis, I'm all about it. But, you know, Catherine was able to say to me, like, it's just that two weeks, you know, just be mindful. And I must say, since I had a conversation with her and my period is due today or tomorrow, I've been having my coffee really, really early in the morning when I get up about 6.30, 7 o'clock. And I haven't been having heart palpitations throughout the day. So, and only a small coffee. So that's been working for me. Um, I'm really mindful of drinking a lot more water. When I get anxious, I tend to sweat a lot more. So just trying to keep my liquids up. I tend to eat a lot more nuts. I read somewhere ages ago that nuts are good for like brain chemicals. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but I read something somewhere ages ago that eating nuts is good for anxiety and I love nuts. So I'm happy to eat them anyway, even if they're not, even if they're not really doing anything for anxiety. Hurry, I'm eating them and they feel good. So, and they, um, so I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I do also have a prescription that I've got from the doctor. And this is something that I also wanted to touch on because I think when it comes to anxiety, a lot of people are really scared to talk about taking prescription medication. Um, and I think we're all told that we need to use the natural alternatives and the herbs and things like that. And that's awesome if that is up your alley. Props to you. I think that's great. But for those of you, you know, who like me went down that road and it didn't really work. Actually, no, it didn't really. It didn't work at all. Um, yeah, I went to a doctor and he prescribed me Sandoz. I'm not, it's called Sandoz. Um, just a half tablet. It's, uh, it sort of has a, an effect. No, it's not like Valium, but it really helps me. Um, just be just just to stay it keeps my body not having physiological symptoms of anxiety which is really really good and for me that's why I take it and like I said um, whatever works for you with your anxiety you need to do what works for you and don't be ashamed of whatever you were doing to manage your anxiety because nobody knows what it's like to live inside of your head nobody knows what it's like to be you only you do so if that means you want to take herbs and you know you want to do you know yoga or something because that's what you think will work for you then that's great but if you want to go to a doctor and get something prescribed to you then awesome do that as well your mental health is really important so whatever you need to do to manage that go for it and try to block out everybody else's shit if they're saying anything against what you're doing because you need to do you um but that's generally what i do I, I always open up and tell Gwen when I'm experiencing an anxiety attack and I will tell my friends um, if I'm feeling anxious. I know one of, um, one of the times probably in the past maybe three or four weeks, um, my best mate and I, um, we do gigs regularly and I've been sitting up on stage singing and I've said to him, I, I, we need to stop singing after this song because I think I'm going to have an anxiety attack. <laughs> so... And, and that's something that, you know, he knows about me and that's not something that he looks at me in a negative way. And this is why I think it's really important that you guys just open up about it, um, you know, and I don't want to segregate any particular people, but to any men listening to this podcast, because I know I do have a lot of male followers, 
um, I really want you guys to open up because the statistics of men and mental health are alarming. And I think it's really important that you guys know that there is support out there and we want to help you and, you know, your sisters, your brothers, your friends, um, you know, your mums, you know, they want to support you. So if you're experiencing anxiety, you know, please reach out and please find help because it is out there and there are people that do want to help you. But like I said, um, anxiety is really personal to everybody. But, you know, like I also said, it doesn't discriminate. It's a really hard thing to go through alone and it doesn't need to be something you go through alone you know that racing heart and the feeling of out of control the sweaty palms and all those things that I mentioned that I experienced maybe you don't have those symptoms maybe you have something else but talk about it and open that up and invite people in to get to know your anxiety Um, once you embrace that part of you and see it as a positive and see the positive things it brings to your life we sort of flip the switch on it and I know that yes my anxiety does make me an overthinker yeah it does but it also makes me like I said really courteous really kind it makes me a great friend great partner all the negative things that people tell me anxiety brings I don't see them as negatives I see them as positives now and yeah it took me a long time to see them as positives but I want you guys to see them as positives as well I want you guys to know that you you get to decide who you are and how you feel and what you want to be and whatever that is then do it for you that's what's important and when it comes to living with anxiety you know it's all about just managing it and understanding it and knowing that it doesn't make you a bad person you know I I have a fantastic relationship. I have some of the most incredible friends that I could ever hope for. I've got a great family. Um, I love my clients. I love my business. I love where I live. You know, did I say I have a great relationship? Maybe I'll say that twice. Why not? Um, Things in my life are great, but I do still experience anxiety from time to time, but that doesn't take away from me having a great life. I don't look at those moments of anxiety and go, Oh God, my life is, I'm, I'm horrible because I have anxiety still. Like I thought I'd, you know, most people would look and go, oh, well, you know, you've got a great, you've got a really good business. You've got great opportunities, great friends, great relationship. Why would you have anxiety? They're not mutually exclusive. And I think that's something that I want us to talk about more. You know, having anxiety doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad coach. It doesn't make me a bad partner. It doesn't make me a bad daughter. It doesn't make me a bad friend. It makes me a good person, good partner, good friend. You're great, in fact. No, not good. I'm great. I'm a great friend. I'm a great partner. I'm a great daughter. And I'm a great coach. I care about my clients and I care about everybody and I care about you guys listening. So I really want you to come out of this feeling a bit more empowered, a bit more in control and knowing that whatever anxiety throws at you, you can learn from it, you can grow from it and you know, you can use it to fuel you and make you move forward. And know that you're not alone. We're all in this together.